Well, Thursday night football has come and gone, and boy, are there some storylines for us to dive into. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you once again. Hope everybody is having a great Friday, Thursday night football. The subject of our show today. But before we get into that, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Just head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And normally, the focus or subject of a TDN Daily podcast is we take a deep dive into a team, into a theme into a mock draft we try to dig deeper into the why of something that happens very rarely do we dive into the results of one specific game we try to look at a complete picture or at least have some context and some sample size before we make any make any opinion opinions here on the show but i thought the thursday night football game was so fascinating for a couple of different reasons on both sides with both teams that it felt like maybe we dedicate the long-term outlook for what these these two teams look like after that game last night between the Ravens and the Bucks. As you know by now, the Ravens won this game, and Tom Brady losing three straight football games, a rarity for Tom Brady, a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that is two games below 500, and I think that's the place where we start because this is a situation that we've never really seen Tom Brady in in his career. It's not something we expected to see from this Tampa Bay team this year, and for everything that they attempted to do and everything that Bruce Arians attempted to do in terms of setting up uh, Todd Bowles and company for success for Byron Leftwich for success this season. It has not gone through the first eight games anywhere near where they anticipated it. Tom Brady's not playing very well. The veteran talent on this team isn't playing very well. They've been hit with injuries upon injuries. Just everything you can think of that could be going wrong is going wrong. And oh, by the way, there's some off the field stuff with Tom Brady getting Wednesdays off and not showing up to walkthroughs and all of that that is hovering over this Tampa Bay team. And they come out in their home stadium on Thursday night football and they lose a close game to the Baltimore Ravens, which is a follow up to their loss to the Panthers, which is a follow up to their loss to the Steelers. Nothing has gone right for them over the last three weeks and nothing has gone right for them through the course of the eight games so far this season. And so when we ask the question, where do you go from here? Well, you can look up and down the 53-man roster. You can look up and down the injury reserve list. Boy, does it not look great if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Brady's not playing particularly well. You wonder if father time is starting to catch up there. The veteran receivers aren't particularly playing all that great. You have a banged-up offensive line. Is there a path for light at the end of the tunnel? I don't know if that light at the end of the tunnel comes this season. And then you start to think about what it looks like beyond this season. Is Tom Brady here? Is Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich here? How much of this roster has to be turned over? Devin White isn't particularly playing all that great. So there are all of these different factors. And that's just, you know, the immediate reaction to one game, but in the context of an entire eight-game season. And to put into context how poorly this season has gone for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they sit at 3-5. and five. There is a game this Sunday between the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. 
That game is a de facto first place in the NFC South game. The winner of that game will be sitting in first place in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. The two teams that everyone predicted to be in some combination of third and fourth in that division when the season began. And yeah, it's only eight weeks. And yeah, there are a lot more games to be played. But that should tell you everything you need to know about how the Tampa Bay, Buc- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have played through the first eight weeks of this season. And it wasn't particularly good last night. And they were able to kind of keep it close and have an opportunity with an onside kick to be able to come back into this game. But they gave away the lead in late in the second half to the Baltimore Ravens, who we'll talk about them in a second and how they were able to kind of close things down in the fourth quarter, which has been the bane of their existence so far this season. And look, where Tampa goes from here, man, they are going to need to get it together in a hurry. And you would think through eight games, man, I wonder if there is another gear that they can get to. Because so far, what they have done is not necessarily inspiring. I'm pulling up their schedule right now so we can look at what they have coming up next. Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Saints, just the next four for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And one of those games, the international game with the Seattle Seahawks, they have to find some consistency in a hurry. Because you look, I mean, look, going beyond the three losses, they played a close game to the Falcons and only won 21 to 15. This has not been easy sledding for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It has not been easy sledding for a Tom Brady-led team that we thought it was going to be relatively easy sledding. I mean, people were predicting this team to go to the Super Bowl. And yeah, I know injuries hit this team. I mentioned it earlier, and they're not getting performances where they need it. But for it to deteriorate this quickly and for some of it to happen on national TV, especially the way it did last night, it is a little bit surprising that we sit here on a Friday talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the way that they do. And man, will they be able to figure it out? I'm not necessarily sure they lose Shaq Barrett in this game. Potentially uh, an Achilles injury is going to undergo an MRI today. And at least as of the recording of this podcast, we don't have the results of that yet, but there is concern that he did tear that Achilles. So it, it more bad news is coming their direction uh, everywhere they turn. And so it has just gone, gone from bad to, bad to worse. And for Tom Brady, a situation that he's never found himself in. And we are going to be left wondering what potentially next season looks like. Will Tom Brady be playing football next season? Or will this season take just enough out of him to where he no longer uh, wants to play football and he will ride off into the sunset like we thought he was doing last season? Talk about the Baltimore side of things here because, again, there, are, like I said, there are storylines on both sides of the ball. Baltimore entered this game really needing to answer a lot of questions. They were going on the road facing a Tampa team. I said it at the close of yesterday's podcast. This was a get-right game for both teams. It was going to be who could get right the quickest was going to be the team that was probably going to be able to win the football game. And Tampa, I thought they got off to that good start, 10-3. to I thought, okay, they are going to get right. Lamar Jackson and company, they lose Mark Andrews in this game. They lose Gus Edwards in this game. And it's funny how injuries can be looked at as a negative from the Tampa side of things. And then when we look at it from the Baltimore side of things, it's not a positive, but it's how they reacted to the injuries that have allowed them to sit here and they're five and three and we're looking at them with a more positive outlook. They lose Mark Andrews. Well, guess who steps up? Isaiah likely has a big game and there was always room for him in this offense to develop into a role. But with Mark Andrews out, he stepped up in a big way, caught a big touchdown pass in this game for this team, the touchdown that put them ahead. And he was a superstar. Lamar Jackson, he also played particularly well in this football game. You started to see him kind of figure figure things out, was able to find Isaiah likely for that touchdown and they were able to get the running game going. They were able to get the passing game going in the second half and they were able to find that consistency that we have been looking for from them specifically in the second half and in the fourth quarter being able to make plays when they've been able when they've needed to make plays in order to run down the clock and be able to figure things out and that resiliency is my big takeaway from this team because there have been you know win-loss 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 for this team throughout the the start of the season and a lot of criticism of Lamar and the way he's played in the second half the turnovers giving games away having double-digit leads in 
you know, in the fourth quarter in all their games this season and they're losing three of them. I mean, think about that. If you're a fan of any team, if your team goes into the fourth quarter with a double-digit point lead, you expect to win those games more often than not. Okay, maybe once or twice throughout the course of a season, those things don't go your way. But for the Baltimore Ravens, three times in their first seven games, they've had a double-digit lead and they've lost those games. I mean, the Dolphins one is the biggest example. They ran away with that one in the first half and into the second half, and they allowed Miami to constantly chip away and chip away. And since that point, man, they haven't been able to find that consistency. They, too, have been dealing with injuries, and what a huge blow it is to have Gus Edwards be banged up in this game after he just got back from the injury. What a blow it is to not have Mark Andrews. But guys step up. Kenyon Drake stepped up. Isaiah Likely stepped up. I mean, Prochet stepped up at the wide receiver position. Robinson stepped up at the wide receiver position. I mean, you've had, you have names coming out of nowhere for a team that still trying to find their identity, trying to find who they are in the passing game, don't have necessarily a huge depth uh, of talent at the wide receiver position. Rashad Bateman's still coming on. So they are trying to find themselves and they attempted to do so and they were able to come away with a victory in this football game and, again, potentially be able to turn their season around uh, in a big way. And like I said, we normally don't do this here on the show, but I thought it would be very fun for the Friday edition of the podcast to look at some of the games this weekend from an NFL perspective and some of the storylines that I think stand out to me in, in games that I'm keeping an eye on. Obviously, Ravens Buccaneers started us off here last night. Patriots-Jets is going to be a big one. There's a lot of controversy around the starting quarterback situation there uh, in New England. Probably going to be Mac Jones. The Jets are 5-2, and two, their first game since the loss of Elijah Vera Tucker and Brees Hall to their lineup on a regular basis. How do they respond? You know, these two teams played a year ago. They play twice every year, obviously, but one of the games last year, a 54-13 victory for uh, the New England Patriots. I know Robert Sala remembers that game. I know Zach Wilson remembers that game. I know a lot of the guys that were on that team last year remember that football game. And so that game in MetLife is going to be a big one. Panthers-Falcons, as I mentioned, again, not a sentence I thought I would utter in the uh, year 2022, but the Panthers and Falcons are playing a Week 8 game in which the winner of that game will have first place in the NFC South. What they do with it after they get it uh, will be a sight to see if they're able to hold on to it. And again, in a division, that's basically anybody's race right now because none of the four teams necessarily are running away with it. Then we look in the the afternoon window, uh, Giants-Seahawks. This is a huge test for this New York Giants football team. They're 6-1. They've been able to find ways to win in all of these games. Again, they're not blowing teams out. They're not overpowering teams uh, with a passing game, they're not overpowering teams with a defense. They're getting opportune plays from Saquon Barkley. They're getting opportune plays from Daniel Jones. And they are finding ways to create turnovers at the right time. I mean, think of the game last week against Jacksonville. They get a Travis Etienne fumble as he's basically going to walk into the end zone. That's it. That's the only break that this team needs. They're a well-coached team. They're a well-disciplined team. Uh, and they didn't play that great in the first half on defense, but they settled in. They keep the game close. And when they keep the game close, they're going to find a way to get that bounce of the ball to go their way. And so far this season through those first seven games, it's basically gone their way more often than not. They turn that turnover into be, basically being able to put the game in, in their hands, and then they're able to make plays at the stretch to keep Jacksonville out of the end zone. Again, the breaks have gone their way so far in the early part of the season. You may say they haven't really played a lot of people. Well, they're going to get a good test here as they go to the 4-3 and three Seahawks who Again, they can score points. They're playing good defense as of late. Geno Smith is putting himself in, in consideration to be comeback player of the year. A lot of fun rookies here, especially with what we do at the Draft Network. You always look at rookie performances. They've got a they've got an offensive rookie of the year candidate and Kenneth Walker on the offensive side of the ball. He has been electric, really has stepped up in the last two games, was a big reason why they were able to go in to LA and beat the Chargers. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Tariq Will in a fifth round draft pick. Tariq Will and Fawn of the fifth round. It will never cease to amaze me that the, 
a guy with that talent fell to the fifth round, but he does. Seattle picks him up, and he has been sensational. Uh, I think he's got four interceptions on the season, has had a pick six. He's, I think he blocked a field goal and returned that for a, a touchdown. I mean, he's been all over the place making special teams plays, making defensive plays, certainly putting himself in conversation as a corner for defensive rookie of the year. So a huge test for this Giants team to go on the road. Uh, they've had some a couple of home games to start the year. They were in Jacksonville last week, another trip for them as they go all the way to Seattle. And so these are games that we are really going to be paying attention to. And another one, game I'll be in attendance for, going up there with the draft dudes. Kyle, Joe, myself will be up there in Buffalo. So if you happen to be there, please say hello. We'll be tailgating as the Packers take on the Bills. And boy, is this, we talked so much. And I think I did a podcast either this week or last week in which we talked about how Aaron Rodgers and the Bucks and or Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Tom Brady and the Bucks are kind of on similar tracks right now in which they are teams with veteran quarterbacks, established quarterbacks, established stars, MVPs, and things aren't really going their their way. And and will these guys be able to be the the ship? Will they be able to right the ship and get their teams back on track? And well, for the Green Bay Packers, they have not been able to right that ship so far. We just saw what Tampa was able to do last night, not able to right their ship, three-game losing streak for them. And so will Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers be able to go into a hostile environment they don't have a lot of wide receiver help right now. I mean, they're they're not getting production from the young players on this team. There's still a feeling out process, a gelling process that is playing out in these games. And then you add in the fact that it's on the road. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a double-digit point underdog on the road in Buffalo. We know what Buffalo is going to be able to do. We know they're going to be able to score. The Green Bay defense is going to have to play out of their mind. And they're a talented enough defense. They can certainly do it. But will they be able to play Good enough defense for four quarters because that is what it's going to take. It is going to take a four-quarter game from the Green Bay defense. They're going to have to create some turnovers. And they're going to have to keep the game close where Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to make plays with this young group of playmakers, and I just don't see it. The Bills, they're just going to keep coming at you. They're going to keep coming at you. They're going to keep coming at you, and I don't know if the Green Bay defense is going to be able to answer the bell time and time and time again, at least enough to be able to keep Aaron Rodgers in it Maybe they'll come out and surprise me. I wouldn't be shocked. Again, Aaron Rodgers is not a double-digit point underdog ever in his career. I mean, this is one of those rare times where the it is just a perfect storm of events that lead to something like this where he's a double-digit point underdog, but he's going to need to figure it out. So those are the games that I'm looking forward to this weekend. You guys know the drill. We'll be back on Monday with the biggest storylines that come out of uh, the, weekend's, uh, the weekend games. And then you know Mock Draft. We'll talk to the TD and uh, staff about what they've seen from some of these teams, the biggest storylines that developed throughout the week. we got the trade deadline around the corner. Always a trade or two that could pop up that could certainly change the landscape of the National Football League. That's going to do it for the Friday edition of the show. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks, as always, to Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. Hope everybody has a great weekend. I'll talk to everybody on Monday.